Hey everyone, welcome to Game Over International. This is my last one for the morning, so it's a different feeling today. Tomorrow, I mean tonight, I get to go to sleep at a normal time, which is kind of fun. Uh, my only appearance after this one is going to be with Omar and Sean Fitzgerald. At 8.30pm on Sunday, we're going to do a complete olympics wrap up but what i want to do today is a ama if possible <clears throat> quickly after i cover a couple of the day's events that happened overnight and uh, talk to as many of you as possible if you're up this morning early but as i see so far not many people are so when people do join the stream i will ask you for some questions and uh hopefully we can chat all right, so the first things first, obviously, uh, Canada, disappointing result in these Olympics, curling-wise. Almost shut out. Uh, Brad Gushu, big disappointment in the semifinal, losing to Sweden, which I'm sure that our friend Patrick would be very, very happy about. Uh, I know that uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, Simon Zemberg, has been making fun of Canada for losing to Sweden in hockey and curling. He was saying that we have one more chance, essentially, pick another sport. And if we lose, then I guess Sweden takes over Canada. But uh, unfortunately, that's where we are. But uh, Brad Gushu salvaged things a little bit. Him and his team uh, beating the USA in the bronze medal game, bringing Canada one medal from curling in a sport where they usually get at least a couple of golds. So... Unfortunate result there for Canada in curling, but Brad Gushu ends it on a high note. I know that Jennifer Jones and her team uh, failed to qualify, but the way that they reacted to it and, uh, you know, the moment that they had with Team Japan was super inspiring. And I've seen a lot of Canadians talking about how they are 100% rooting for Team Japan going through to the women's final, which is super fun. Yeah, disappointing moments for Canada in curling. It seems like there's. Uh, the national curling body is doing their introspective thing that they do when Canada loses at hockey, the same kind of thing where they're trying to rethink everything. I don't know if it's, you know, their strategies were that bad or anything. I think it's just sometimes you don't win. And it happened that all three teams had some bad moments and some, some moments where they lost composure. And uh, that's what happens sometimes in a, in a game that demands as much precision as curling does. A couple of mistakes at the wrong moments can cost you a gold medal or a medal in general. And that's where Canada found themselves in all three of their teams. Uh, other than that, there's a lot of positive stories overnight. Uh, Finland is off to the gold medal game in men's hockey. They shut out Slovakia. So we're one step closer to a Finland-Sweden final. Uh, Sweden and Russia will face off shortly after this stream ends today at 8 in the morning, I believe, or 8.10 in the morning. So that'll be something to watch if you have the option of working from home and watching some TV in the morning or watching on the, some streaming service, whatever country you're native to. So that's interesting. I'm hoping that it's Sweden, Finland, because I just don't want Russia to qualify. I think that it'd just be much more fun if it's uh, an actual rivalry. So that's fun. Um, some more positives for Canada. We had some really good stories overnight in women's ski half pipe cassie sharp almost a year to the day of 
I believe it was an ACL restoration that she went through uh, surgery, managed to get a silver medal. She had gold in Pyeongchang, but has had a really tough time with injuries since then. I believe two major surgeries. She won a silver in women's half pipe and Rachel Carker won bronze for Canada as well. So two medals out of the women's half pipe. That's a big one. And then Marielle Thompson, which we didn't get to cover last show, even though it happened in a time that we should have covered it last show. Just there was so much to talk about on the last show. She won silver as well. And she has had her own battles to get that back to that point. Uh, she won in ski cross. And that was a big moment as well. And the last one, another silver medal for Canada, Laurent De Bruyne won silver in the 1000 meter speed skate. And he had mentioned that uh, he would rather win gold, but his two year old likes it better when he finishes second because she thinks that two is better than one. So, extremely cute story from Laurent De Bruyne. And uh, that's what Canada has managed for medals so far. We're We've got essentially one more day left in the Olympics. I guess one and a half more days. But Canada is now up to, I believe, 22 medals. I'm just going to search the medal table here. But as I said earlier in the show before a bunch of people were in the stream, please, if you're here, ask me some questions because I want to basically host this show as an AMA. Bring what you got and uh, we'll we'll talk about the Olympics so far. Uh, this is my last morning, as I mentioned, so if you've got questions, shoot them into the stream chat. I'm very excited to chat with you guys over the next little while here, and uh, maybe we can get some good back and forth going. Uh, Anders Fomsgaard says, I thought Jennifer Jones was so classy yesterday. So did I. I really love that. I mean, she's a great person and an inspiration for a lot of people who are partaking in this curling tournament right now. Uh, she's you know, a legend in the sport and, you know, things didn't go well for her this year and she took it really well. I know that uh, Rachel Holman, who is the uh, half of the mixed doubles curling team talked about how she was in like a really dark place after Canada didn't qualify in that tournament. And I hope that Jennifer Jones isn't feeling that same way. I think there's so much pressure on these athletes. I wonder sometimes if we have to rethink our own, the podium program. Okay. I was wrong. Canada has 24 medals four gold, seven silver, 13 bronze. They are 11th overall on the medal table, uh, sorted by gold, and a little bit higher than that if you sort by total medals, which I believe Canada does on their own website this time because they're not, not winning as many golds these Olympics. All right, so let's see what else we got. Uh, what's been your favorite moment so far or the one thing that you'll remember the most? Uh, I'm trying to think of a few of my favorite moments. I mean, obviously the women's gold medal was spectacular i think seeing sarah nurse be the first black uh women's hockey player to win a, a gold medal is fantastic first i believe to play in this olympics tournament which is crazy but uh leading the tournament in scoring breaking Haley wickenheiser's record very special and then mary philippe poulin like what can you even say at this point about mary philippe poulin, poulin? seven goals in gold medal games Three golden golds. Like, you just gotta shake your head. She is just special. Uh, which sport you don't normally follow have you enjoyed the most? I have said a few times I really enjoy snowboard cross. Uh, I keep on accidentally calling it uh, snowboard slope style. I like slope style as well. But snowboard cross is so chaotic and fun. 
and it's over so quickly that I, I just really enjoy it. I also enjoy curling because of the intensity. I've compared it a few times to playoff baseball, where it's just like every little movement matters, right? And as you're waiting for them to, to line up the rock, there's tension. There was a moment uh, last night between Canada and the USA where Canada had the hammer, but the USA had it set up that essentially if Canada missed their last shot, they would get four points. And that didn't happen. Thankfully, Gushu made his last shot and Canada ended up defeating the USA. But things, the way the strategy works out in curling is so interesting and dynamic. I, I just find that so cool. It's like playing chess on ice, which sounds boring, I know. But hey, if you watched Queen's Gambit, you know that chess can be intense as well. Uh, anything else, folks? I know that it's early in the morning. And uh, everybody's having their morning coffee if they're up this early, or if you're from Europe, of course, you're probably up a little bit uh, later. It's probably the afternoon or evening for you, but uh, there's lots that you can ask. I look forward to hearing it. Um, let's see, what other Olympic moments have I really enjoyed? There was obviously Max Perot. Uh, I think every single gold medal that the Canadians have this year has a great story, right? Uh, I enjoyed watching Charles Hamelin win his final gold medal. That was just spectacular. I have a big attachment to Charles Hamelin. I've been watching him for a long time now. I, I believe at least 12 years that I've been paying attention to his career. So very fun. One of my favorite things, honestly, about doing this whole show has been getting to know Sean Fitzgerald, actually. Uh, a person that I've talked to on Twitter once or twice, but kind of seized the opportunity to get him on Game Over International, knowing that he wasn't going to Beijing this time and has had experience covering other Olympics. And of course, it'd be a pleasure to talk to him on Sunday as well with Omar. But getting to hear his favorite moments of all the Olympics that he's covered, that's been really funny. Uh, the real story of why NHL players were allowed in the Olympics in 98. I think it was all politics and then Russian players started defecting. I bet NHL owners are pissed. I don't know the real story about why NHLers were allowed in the Olympics in 98. I know that a lot of the anti-people anti against it uh, for allowing NHLers in were very into the idea of uh, the Olympics being amateur sports. But a lot of that is rooted in uh, classist um, arguments, right? So the reason why the Olympics were amateur-only sports was because... The only people who could afford to be amateurs and be elite athletes well into their 20s were the hyper-rich, right? So you had a situation where nobody who wasn't super rich was able to compete in the Olympics. And, you know, to a certain extent, that's still true. In order to be an elite athlete in one of these sports that doesn't get a ton of funding, often you have to be well-off to begin with. I mean, especially winter sports that are more expensive than summer sports. But allowing professional athletes in, uh, I think that there's an idea that it like sullies the amateur nature of the Olympics, but that's not true. The amateur nature of the Olympics is something that was sullied to begin with. So the professional athletes being in just makes it a higher quality product. I like to me, if you want an amateur tournament, then uh, it's not just NHLers that wouldn't be involved, right? It would be every major league across Europe as well that wouldn't be allowed to be involved. So. As it is, or as it was, uh, it was never really an amateur tournament. And the reason why like the Soviet Union 
was so dominant for a stretch was because they had their own league, right? Uh, those players weren't coming over to the NHL. That's that's how it works. It was just that the North Americans <laughs> weren't included. So yeah, that's it. Um, anything else, folks? I am looking around, seeing if there's any other great stories to talk about. Other than that, I, I could talk about... Uh, I mean, figure skating is going on right now, but I don't think Canada has much of a chance to meddle in figure skating. There was uh, the Russian skater who was caught doping. I saw fell apart in the free skate and finished fourth. And I I kind of, uh, I feel for her a little bit as much as, you know, it's hard to really have sympathy for people who were caught doping 15 years old. She probably should have been just removed from this situation. Uh, I saw there was um, a German broadcast, I believe, talking about the whole situation, how this is really unfair to her. And, like, I mean, does a 15 year old really decide to dope, or is that just the Russian program, right? Like, how, how can you really blame the 15 year old for that decision? So, very interesting political situation going on with that and the IOC's ridiculous toothless response which i mean did we even talk about that on the show the idea that if she had one there just wouldn't be a medal ceremony so it would you know take away from other people who meddled because she meddled like it's such a stupid stupid thing and it seems like the ioc can't get out of their own way and whether it's them or wada the whole situation around doping is so toothless like at a certain point, you have to either enforce the rules or just let it be a free-for-all. And if you let it be a free-for-all, I mean, then you better say that there's no more kids allowed in the Olympics because it's getting to a point where it sullies everything. The Olympics already have their own political issues between you know, the human rights abuses in China, uh, whether this should be going on during COVID at all, and... The IOC in general, which is, you know, like FIFA, an evil money-grubbing organization that, you know, doesn't really care about how they leave things in countries that build up their situations for the Olympics. I mean, look at what Sochi is now, which was, we were told, was supposed to become this huge resort town for Russia and is now a ghost town. So, unfortunate. Uh, if IOC had any teeth, the Russians would not be allowed to compete since Sochi. I am 100% with you. I don't think Russia should be allowed to be in the Olympics, and I think it should be lasting a very, very long time. They clearly have not learned their lesson, and the cheating in Sochi was so extensive, it is shocking the infrastructure that they built in order to allow their athletes to dope and you know, as much as it's unfair to all the athletes, it's also like we don't talk enough about how awful it is to the Russian athletes because it's not like they really have that much of a choice whether or not to partake in these pro these programs. Russia's not a democracy. <laughs> you know, like if you don't do it, we'll find somebody else who will and we'll train them instead. Uh, some Russian girl was upset last night in figure skating saying she's done and hates this and said to her coach, you knew all along. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I looked at the winners and it's like the three highest ranking Russians who finished, I think, gold, silver and and fourth. So first, second and fourth were 17, 17 and 15. They're kids, right? And 
I, I there's a thread by a, a fantastic journalist out of Calgary that I follow named Alheli Picasso uh, that was talking about these amazing Russian figure skaters, especially in the women's program, that come about every Olympics and they're always kids and they perform like amazing feats. And then after the Olympics, we never hear about them again. And just the way that they get eaten alive. You know, there's a certain amount of that to figure skating in general. And, you know, gymnastics is very hard on their athletes as well, especially the women. But, like, we've got to figure out something here because it's wrong. It's wrong the way that they these kids are treated. And, you know, the militant style that they're brought through in coaching it. What is a gold really worth if you're ruining somebody's life? You know, if at the end of it, they're so miserable, they never want to be associated with it again. Is a country's glory for a moment, a fleeting moment worth that? And I know Russia prides itself on dominance in figure skating, but we, we got to get rid of that garbage. Uh, my niece had Russian coaches in gymnastics and said they had Advils as snacks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's not really that uncommon. I think gymnastics is a very, very harsh sport once it gets into the competitive window. Like, everything I've heard about. It's the same as ballet, honestly. Uh, my wife was in ballet growing up. Ballet is brutal on your body and your body image and the way that you're treated. If you don't have, like, the exact ballet, like, form, the, the ballet body, you are torn down repeatedly, put on diets, like, it's it's a really, really toxic culture in a lot of these sports. Oddly enough, a lot of them women's sports, a lot of them obsessed with body. Uh, it's it's really unfortunate. Uh, Russian pride is too great. Yeah, uh, there are kids who likely won't compete in another Olympics too. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's such a fleeting thing for these kids. And it's not like they're making amazing, high-paying careers out of it. It's... It's really, really awful. Uh, Aaron Blackhouse, is, your, is it your birthday today, Andrew? Yes, it is. I turned 35 today. I'm old as hell. Thank you for the happy birthday, Robert. Yeah, so I guess we're kind of on a tangent here about how the, uh, the Russians treat uh, gymnasts and figure skaters and, and ballerinas, but it's not just Russia in those sports either. I mean, look at how uh, the things that were unearthed in USA Gymnastics, right? And that's not even talking about how hard the training is and how brutal it is on their bodies and how brutal it is mentally outside of the sexual assault scandal. Like, those, some of these sports are just amazingly awful. And it, it, it just, it seems to me that a lot of it is focused on women's sports. It, it, it I think there's a tacit approval of treating women like garbage in sport that especially male coaches get away with a lot. And that's something that we need to confront and root out, not just in, in Russia, but in all countries. Uh, thank you for all the happy birthday wishes from everyone here. Uh, Robert says, is Kashanda happy your schedule is going back to normal? Have the kids noticed at all? Uh, yes, she's very happy. Sorry, I just had a little burp. The kids noticed because I am usually the one who sleeps in normally. Uh, not like a lot late, but like Kishanda will get up first and get the kids and then I'll wake up like 10, 15 minutes later. 
And because of this show, I'm now up super early. And then when I finish it, upload it to the podcast app, uh, then I go up and hang out with the kids and she gets to sleep in. So they've noticed that change and it's been kind of fun actually. Cause usually I don't get to see them when they're like still in bed and, uh, just waking up. So it's been kind of fun that way, but, uh, they notice for sure. Uh, is ballet just figure skating without ice in a lot of ways? Yeah. I think uh, on the torque that it puts in your body for sure. I think that uh, ballet is definitely worse for your feet, whereas figure skating is probably worse for your knees and hips. Um, we need to get rid of all these scumbags out of sports. A hundred percent we do. I feel like that's like, as fans, there's probably not a ton that we can do because outside of boycotting the Olympics, which I know a lot of people did the, these Olympics, you know, talking to people that I know, just based on the whole China thing and the human rights issues, a lot of people did boycott these Olympics. But outside of that, I feel like the pressure that we can apply is just to keep talking about it, right? Uh, keep putting it at the forefront, keep it in the news, put pressure on uh, investigative journalists to continue to unearth things about the abuses in these sports. Other than that, I mean, we could go to boycotting, but I feel like that is also, it's, it's a tricky situation, right? Because are you then also hurting the athletes who've worked so hard to get to this point? It, I'm, I'm split on it. You know, it's the same thing as I feel about this Olympics. Do I want to support China at this moment in time? No. But do I also want to support the athletes who've spent their whole lives building to this moment? Yes. It's, it's a, it's a tough thing to square that circle in your head. Uh, there's so much to be uncovered. This public that's public knowledge, but sports like figure skating don't get the coverage to make things mainstream. Yes, I agree, Sarah. That's a really good point. I mean, even hockey, right? There's things that we know that, you know, they know we know, but they don't want to admit it. I mean, you look at the racism issues, you look at the sexual assault scandals that have happened in hockey and it's like pulling teeth to get anybody to talk about it at the highest levels, right? You know, Gary Bettman doesn't want to confront it. Nobody in the NHLPA really seems to talk about it. Unfortunately, it seems like we have to do it ourselves, you know, whether you're in media or whether you're a fan, you just got to keep it at the forefront. Uh, Game Over International for the Summer Olympics. If we were to do that, I don't think it would be me hosting because I just don't have the depth of knowledge about the Summer Olympics that I do about a lot of the winter sports, but I feel like why not? We could definitely do it. I will say uh, game over international will return for the world juniors that are now rescheduled for August, I believe. And you know, maybe we'll do something for uh, the women's under 18s as well, because you know what we've got to speaking of women's hockey and how amazing this tournament was for Canada. We have to do a better job in media of keeping women's hockey at the forefront. We can't just talk about it every four years at the Olympics. And I feel like I'm as guilty of it as anybody else in this industry is that there's way more focus at the Olympics. Of course there is, but that can't be all right. We have to keep pushing women's hockey because it is so amazing. It deserves the coverage. We've got to keep it going. And now with SDPN bringing in Noxie and Cax and, you know, I was, I'm still a little bit upset that we couldn't figure out something with 
Liz to get her back on the show. She was too busy for other shows, uh, working her day job. And the one day that I actually could get her on, we had technical dif- difficulties that I couldn't figure out, but I, you know, there's going to be future projects that I do with those women who are running an amazing show right now, who just absolute must listen every time they release an episode. SDPN has the opportunity as a new company to do things differently. And we are going to do things differently. You know, Adam and Steve and Jesse are so progressive and so aggressive in the way that they want to build this thing. It's going to be really cool. And we have the opportunity to do things that, you know, frankly, a lot of old media companies are a little bit too lazy to do, or they think that it's not worth it. We'll make it worth it. We're going to keep on pushing women's hockey and it's going to continue to grow and we're, we are dedicated to be a part of that. Uh, O'Hara Young, we appreciate you, bro. Hey, I appreciate everybody here who's chatting with me and tuning in for this show. I know it's a tough time of day, and uh, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Sarah, when does your sleep schedule return to normal? Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have a nap today because I had a little nap overnight, and I'm going to try to make it until the evening and fall asleep. I have uh, one uh, couple who's a friend of ours coming over tonight to have a birthday dinner with me. And then after that, I'm probably just going to crash really hard. Uh, figure skating is hard to trust ever since the judges cheated the Canadians in Salt Lake city. Yeah. I mean, outside of the doping thing, there's also figure skating judges. I mean, every judge sport has some controversy, right? You look at max pros gold medal and the fact that he missed a, a, a grab that they missed in the judging and they didn't ask for a second look at it. And he probably wouldn't have finished bronze if they uh, caught it. It's it's tough, right? Any judge sport has a level of scrutiny that is not enough, you know. <laughs> and there's like payoffs and stuff that goes on behind the scenes. You you never really know. I heard World Juniors is coming back this summer. Yep, it is true. Uh, I'm sorry if I mess up your name, but Myershun, uh Hello, yes. Hello to you. Uh, Anders Fulmsgaard says, I'm worried you get burnt out, Andrew. I love your content. Hang in there. I'm actually not doing too bad. You know, I thought that I'd be more burnt out by the end of it. I got burnt out more at the beginning of it when my sleep schedule was changed in the first weekend where I couldn't nap during the day because the kids were home. That was really tough. But as I like leaned into what I was doing here, I'm all good. The biggest burnout, honestly, in managing these shows is scheduling people to come in because it's just a lot of balls in the air. Uh, and we have some amazing scheduling coming up for Game Over Montreal, I should say, because uh, things have kind of worked out where a lot of people that I wanted to have on couldn't come on until the new year. So we have Wob Rice, who's an amazing uh, writer based out of Toronto. He's going to come on for the Maple Leafs game on Monday with former referee Tim Peel, which is going to be really fun. I'm going to ask Tim some tough questions about NHL refereeing. Then the following game, the Sabres on Wednesday, Steve Dangle, our beloved Steve, is going to be on the show. And then that Saturday night, uh, Ryan Lambert's going to be back on with my good buddy, Jay Baruchel. So that's going to be a big set of shows next week i feel like those are three of my most anticipated episodes of the whole season for game over montreal and now that the canadians are somewhat interesting to watch that's i mean i'm having more fun than at all season on that show and the fact is i think i'm paid to watch the montreal canadians anyway uh, covering them for the montreal gazette so i would have had to watch their games but 
this whole situation with SDPN doing Game Over Montreal has made it a lot more fun than it would have been otherwise, because it's essentially after every show, I chat for an hour with friends of mine that I normally wouldn't chat with in person, if you know what I mean. It would be over text. So it's a lot more dynamic, a lot more fun. Let's see what else we got here. What about having Noxie and Cax for the Sunday stream at 8 p.m.? Obviously, if they can. Uh, we already have Sean and Omar there, but I can ask them for sure. Uh, Cax doesn't follow me yet, so we got to figure that out. But I can I can reach out to, to Noxie because we can... I'm sure Jesse can make a, a template on the stream with more uh, little boxes on it so we can put more people in. Uh, have the best sleep. Thanks, Robert. Uh, WGC starting back up again in mid-August. Yep. Uh, Andrew's an STB, <laughs> STBN employee of the month of my eyes. Yeah, it better be, right? I definitely put out the most content. I don't know if it has the most views, but uh, definitely the most content overall. Uh, Steve Dangles, Hot Ones Gauntlet soon. I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know if he'll do it. I think that he there's a better chance of Adam than Jesse or Steve. I will say that. I think Adam is more willing to ruin his gut. Uh, Robert says it's a fun show. Yeah, you're damn right. It's a fun show. It's a great show. All right. Uh, if there's any last questions, shoot them over because we have gone to our usual 30 minute time frame, and I can see Miles is starting to stir a little bit on my little monitor here. Uh, oh, Harry Young, got to go to work. All right. You have a good day of work. Adam would definitely do it if pushed. Robert says, yeah, I agree. I think uh, we can definitely get Adam to do the Hot Ones gauntlet. It's just, it's Steve who's going to be the biggest stickler, I think. And Jesse has pretty much said, not happening. <laughs> so we'll see. It'll be fun. All right. No more questions, I guess. So we will wrap it up. Thank you all for hanging out with me this morning. I am excited to talk to you on Sunday. And make sure that you tune in tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Because Omar is doing his last morning show. And I'm sure he'll have some things to talk about as well. There's uh, the setup for the gold medal game in men's hockey. There's all sorts of events happening throughout today that Omar is going to want to talk about. So thank you for showing up for these. It's really important to me to see these shows be successful. And it's great to interact with you all. I will see you on Sunday. <laughs>